I'd like to say welcome back to Mallory Byers. Mallory, it's good to have you back. Everybody wants to clap or somebody do something do. Really glad. She's, you're wondering where she's been, I know. And I was about to tell you, she has been serving in East Africa for the last couple of years. And so we are glad that you're back, Mallory. Can't, can't wait to hear how it went and what, what, what's going on. So um, we are in the midst of a message series called Box Office Wisdom. And we're looking at the stories that you see in the movies, the themes from the movies, and we're comparing them to what the Bible would say about the the same themes. Jesus was a master storyteller. He he used parables to to, uh, communicate important truths. And what a parable was, a parable was an eternal truth wrapped in an everyday story. So over and over again, as he taught, he would, he would take ordinary, everyday things and experiences and tie them to an eternal truth, and it would just burst open the minds of the people that he was teaching. He, this, this was an amazing thing. Well, he did this so often that his disciples asked him one time, why do you do that? Why, why do you teach in parables? And he, he explained that in, in hearing his teaching, when somebody has a heart that wants to understand then the insights, the understandings, they, they flow. But if there's not readiness, if there's no readiness to receive what he's saying, his teaching, his truth, then uh, the recept- receptivity disappears. And so he tells stories, he says, for this reason, to create readiness to nudge the people toward receptive insight. That's a message, message translation of, of what he said. To nudge people toward receptive insight. That's what stories do. They nudge us. If, if they engage us, then they nudge us. They, they draw us in. That's, that's how films... Films are the parables of our day. And I don't know about you, but I really enjoy it when I go to the, the movies and I can escape. And I get, I get drawn in. It's, it happens less and less. I don't know if it's age or what, but it happens less and less that I get drawn into a movie. I, I love getting drawn in and begin to experience everything that's going on and begin to be, well, when that happens, we're drawn. Our hearts are drawn in a certain direction. Stories are going to do that. Good stories that engage us. If you're following Jesus Christ, you have to be careful about which direction those stories are, are nudging you. you. You have to guard the direction that your heart's going. And so what we're doing in this, this series is, since the movie makers are the storytellers of our day, we've been looking at what the movie makers are saying about life and how to live it, and then we're comparing it, matching it up with the ideas and the stories in Scripture and what, what God says in the Bible about the same themes. So we focused on this. This has been the one theme. Box office wisdom must, must match God's word to be real. That's been the theme that's kind of carried throughout all the, all the messages in this series. Today, we're looking at a theme that shows up in movie after movie after movie because it really resonates with our hearts. In romantic comedy after romantic comedy, the question is asked, how do I find 
true love? Will I find true love? And how do I find it? True love. True love. I'm horrible at, at, at you know, repeating lines from movies, but the reason we want to find true love is we really want it. We want true love. And that's definitely the theme in Larry Crown, the movie that came out uh, near the beginning of July. It's the theme of some other movies, I'm sure, that are out this summer. Uh, here's a brief overview of Larry Crown, just to give you an idea what the movie's about. And if you haven't seen it, it won't spoil it for you. But here's, here's a brief overview by a reviewer. Until he was downsized, affable, amiable, Larry Crown was a superstar team leader at the big box company where he's worked since his time in the Navy. Underwater on his mortgage and unclear on what to do with his suddenly free days, Larry heads to his local college to start over. There he becomes part of a colorful community of outcasts, all trying to find a better future for themselves, and often moving around town in a herd of scooters. In his public speaking class, Larry develops a crush on his teacher, Mercedes Taynot, who has lost as much passion for teaching as she has for her husband. Larry seeks to find happiness despite his circumstances, and the result is an unexpected one. Larry Crown stars Tom Hanks, Julia Roberts, Brian Cranston, George Takei, Cedric the Entertainer. The film was also directed by Tom Hanks. So there's a, a brief summary of what the movie's about. And the theme in that movie and a lot of others is, if I can just find the right person, my life is going to be fulfilling and blissful. That's, that's the theme. Because we want true love. We really do. We want that. We want, we want to find a person who's going to fulfill us and allow us to live happily ever after. So that's, that's on our hearts. That's something very close to our hearts. And actually, the Bible says that God designed marriage to be something that we can enjoy. He, he made men and women. He made us the way we are physically and emotionally and the way we're wired and the way we approach life so that we can complement one another and enjoy one another in a friendship as we do what he's given us to do on this earth. This is God's intent. And so he, he made us with these desires. He, he, he made us to really enjoy uh, each other in the context of this kind of relationship. But due, due to our fallen nature, uh, people always hit rocky spots in their relationships. There's frustrations in trying to connect and relate to, to one another. There's, there's struggles. Um, and, and at least there's difficulty to be worked through. What God wants to do is he wants to use these rocky spots in, in our relationships for our good. And one way that he uses our frustrations is he's hoping that they draw us back to him, to, to connect with him so that we can experience real love. And we're going to look at that in a few minutes later on in the message. But what we tend to do is we tend to look for the next person who's going to be the the person that brings the fulfillment and bliss that I've longed for. We, we, if this person's not cutting it, we go to the next relationship. We look for the next person. If we find a better option, then we go with that. And that's another theme in romantic movies. Our hearts many times are drawn in the direction of rooting for one of the people or maybe both of the people who have met uh, somehow 
we, we, we start rooting for them to dump the jerk they're connected with, they're married to, and go with the, the, the person that is the star of the movie. That's, our hearts are drawn. We want to see that, and that's a theme. It, 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 the current better option trumps the value taken in marriage many times in, in the movies that we watch. So this, is, this, this path of finding the right person to have fulfillment and bliss is, is really an understood and approved path to find fulfillment. And indeed, in the relationship that you're currently in, it often seems like the grass is greener over there with another person. It seems like it would be so much better over there. But when you lay down in the grass, that's when the trouble really starts. That's, that's what the Scripture says. Very different perspective than what you see. One of the problems with relationships is that our feelings are a roller coaster. They're just all over the place. And if we make them the foundation of our relationships, then we're in trouble. Our relationships aren't going to last if that's the foundation. The Bible has some very different ideas about the path to fulfillment and bliss. Very, very different. The Bible tells us that a very specific kind of love is the path to happiness that we're looking for, for the fulfillment uh, that, that we want. In the New Testament, it was written in Greek, there are four basic Greek words for love. In English, we say, I love pizza and I love my wife. Or, I love hot fudge sundaes, and I love my kids. Me, I love fruit trees, I love gardening, I love my job, I love ice cream. In English, there's no differentiation between these kinds of love in the English language. In the Greek language, you can be much more exact in your understanding of what kind of love you're talking about. Here are, here are four basic Greek words for love, and, and these... Actually, they're not all found in the Bible, but, but uh, most of them are. Some, well, actually, some form, I think, is found in the Scripture. So, eros, first of all, is the first word. And that word literally has the idea of uh, passion, a sexual kind of love. It's the word we get erotic from in English. And woist says that it's expressed in a blind impulse produced by passion. This is what you get in the movie, and you're just like, Oh, forget about the vow. Just go with it. Blind impulse. That's how it's expressed. Eros. Storge is another kind of love. A natural, inf- uh, a natural affection or a family affection is storge. It's a mother, and t- mother to child kind of love or brother, brothers to brothers, sisters. Uh, just a family affection is storge. Philia is, is another word in Greek, and it, it has the idea of a warm, affectionate regard. It's, this is where we get the word Philadelphia, the, the city's named Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. But it's not just limited to uh, family kind of love. It's, it's, it, has, it carries with it the idea of pleasurableness. In other words, we, we just really enjoy this person. We enjoy being around them. We, we really just, we have a heartfelt affection among our closest friends. That's, that's philia. Agape is a love that seeks the good of the others 
regardless of feeling. Regardless of where your feelings are going, up and down, all over the place. Agape is a love that seeks the other's good. And it's based in preciousness. And the idea there, and the fact that it's based in preciousness is this. You do what's best for the other person because of their value. Not, not just their value to you, but because of their value uh, as a human being. This is, this is God's way of looking at it. Because every person on the face of the earth is important to him. And, and we do what's best in any given situation because of the value of the person. Agape love is the foundation or the bedrock for all of the other kinds of love. It's, it, if, if you build your relationship on one of the others, then it can crumble like the house, houses sort of slide off the cliffs when it rains around here in Laguna and Malibu. You know, they're just not built on a solid foundation. And that, that's agape love is that solid foundation on which you can, you can build good relationships. Uh, everyone in this room can experience that kind of love. We, we can all experience, if you go to the right source, if we'll go to the right source, we can experience this agape kind of love. So what we're going to do is, first of all, we're going to look at the definition more detailed definition of what that kind of love looks like. And then uh, we're going to look at the source of, of that love. So first of all, 1 Corinthians 13 is, gives us a very detailed definition of this kind of love. And it says that real love is something we choose. It's, it's not something we fall into. It's not something that happens to us uh, serendipitously, but it's, it's something we choose. It's based on a choice. Verses 4 and 5 of 1 Corinthians 13 says, Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. This is a very clear description of agape love. That's the word used for love in this passage. When, when you agape love someone, it means that you've decided to do what's best for them time and time again, regardless of your feelings in the moment, regardless of your feelings that are going to lead you to do otherwise. You keep choosing to do what's best for the person. And what you learn as you choose this over and over again is that your feelings follow your actions. Agape love is very action-oriented. It means that you say and you do what's best whether or not you feel like it at the time. It's patient. Even when someone has pushed you to the end of your rope and and you just don't think you can take it anymore, agape love chooses to say and do what's best. It's kind. Kindness literally means to make yourself useful. And so if you love someone, it's not, I'm going to take care of you if you take care of me. But it's, I'm going to help you accomplish your goals. Now, we don't help people accomplish destructive goals. But if they're good goals, we help, we help them accomplish them. That's, that's real kindness. That that's, flows out of love. You choose this kind of love 
over against jealousy, boasting, pride, rudeness. If, if you want to find this kind of love, you need to show this kind of love. That's perspective of Scripture. In many romantic movies, it's love is something that happens to us just by accident. It just happens to us. And what, what many times happens as well is that the wedding vow is thrown aside for the opportunity to be with someone better or someone more compatible. Something people don't realize is that God can lead you to find fulfillment in him as you continue to live out your marriage vow, no matter how hard it is. He, he, can, he can work with you through this. Uh, someone said, love is the choice you make through the actions you take. That, that's a great description of, of agape. Love, it's choice. Secondly, it's considerate. 1 Corinthians 13, 5 through 6 says, It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, not easily angered. In other words, it, is, it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. If you in relationships, if you have to win every battle or every argument or every tussle that you get into, you're going to be a very lonely person. Even, even in a room full of people, you'll feel isolated and be lonely. Love does not demand its own way. Another translation of that phrase is, it's, it's not self-seeking. The Greek word in that, self-seeking, refers to advantage in competition. And the best thing to do, if you get in competitive mode with your family and friends, or in church life, the best thing to do is to lose. Or compete in showing love for one another. Compete, try to outdo one another in showing love. But don't, you, you don't, out of love, you don't just clash, bump heads and bump heads and, and, and battle to get your way. Out of love, you, you show consideration. Love is considerate because the, the person that you're relating to is extremely valuable in the eyes of God. You, you consider their needs and their point of view, and you act in their best interest. The focus isn't on me and my wants, but it's on them. And so love means to defer, to yield the right away. If you're coming to an intersection in a relationship and it looks like you know they've got their wants, you've got your wants, they've got their preferences, you've got your preferences, you yield the right away to the other person out of love. Now, you don't compromise what's right. You don't set aside good goals, but you, you sacrifice your own wants and, and wishes for them. So that's, that's a, another good description. I, I heard somebody say, love can't exist where pride is in control. I think it's a good wrap-up of this passage. Love, love can't exist where pride's in control. When we get irritable and we start keeping a record of the other person's wrongs, and we set ourselves up as their judge, then we're going to be looking down on the person, which is the wrong vantage point for any relationship. Because everyone's valuable to God. We have to humble ourselves and show consideration if we want to love with agape kind of love. Next, real love is unfailing. 
In verse 7, it says, love never gives up, never loses faith. It's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Agape love continues to love through all conditions. All of them. It, it may mean that the loving thing to do is, is a very hard thing. It may mean that you have to say what the person may not want you to say, but what's the right thing to say. What we say and do to help the person deal with destructive patterns in them or the relationship, it may not be easy. But we don't just skip along and ignore the problems and the things that are really going on in the name of love. We wade in and we talk through the hard things out of love. We try to build the relationship out of the love that we can tap into. If, if you're looking for someone to marry, it's crucial that you learn to love this way. This is, this is the kind of love that you're going to need in a marriage. This is kind of love you're going to need to find that someone else has a real pattern of showing in, in relationships. The person that you marry, look for a real pattern of this. And begin to work on this yourself. It's the foundation for all the other loves. Romantic love, storge, philia. It's, it's the foundation. So make sure it's a part of, of any relationship that you're considering moving on. There's, there's only one person, really, who can show love like this perfectly. And that's God. God is the source of real love. Look at 1 John 4, 7 through 12. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. This is... This is a key characteristic of anybody who's a child of God, this kind of love. This, this, is, this is what he produces in us. He's the source, and this is what he is going to lead us to do. Is he's going to lead us, as we follow him, to love people with this kind of love. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Very strong statement. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only Son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. God is the source. He's the fountain of this kind of love. He, he's the one that we need to go to to experience it and to tap into it so that it can spill over into the way that we relate to the people around us. The other loves, Eros, Storge, Philia, they run off of human batteries. And human batteries wear out. They run down because they're based on a human power source. But if if you get connected to God, you can keep going to the source over and over again, and your batteries get recharged as you rely on him and ask him to help you love people with this kind of love. If you learn to put your trust in God and you, you choose to trust him in the moment over and over again to take care of your needs as you focus on the needs of other people, you have the inner strength 
the inner wherewithal as a person to really love. He, he has the power to share with you, and he's willing if you'll tap into it. Many people are wondering and they're afraid, what is God going to do with me if I completely abandon myself to follow him, if I completely give myself to follow him? I, the first song we sang today, I give myself to you over and over again. Um, I, 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 when, as we were singing that, I not only evaluate movies, I evaluate songs. And so, as we were singing that, I said, God, may that be true of me. May I, may I give myself to you every, every day. Because I know that when I do, when I give myself to you, then you come through. You give me everything I need to do what I, I have to do that day and to love the people around me. But many people are afraid, what is God going to do with me if I give myself, if I fully commit myself to him? This, this keeps people many times from deciding to follow Christ. And movies make Christians look crazy as well sometimes, so that doesn't help. But I'll tell you what God's going to do. He's going to love you with this kind of love. He's going to be patient. He's, he's going to be kind, considerate. He's not going to give up on you. He, he will help you through every circumstance. He will provide the foundation that you need for life and to love the people that he brings into your life. If you connect with him, if you give yourself to following him, you commit your life to follow Jesus Christ, and you, you give yourself to God, you can tap into his resources to experience agape love and then allow it to spill over into your other relationships. Whether or not you're getting it back from the people around you, God, God's going to provide what you need to really love. That is how you discover real love in him. I want to wrap up the message this morning by asking you to think through your next steps as a result of what, we've, what I've talked about this morning. Uh, if you would, please take out your connection card, and uh, there are some suggested next steps on the back of that card. Uh, and at the bottom of the listing, listening guide, these are my suggestions, but we're going to be taking our offering in a moment. If you would, please con- complete any information that you haven't had a chance to fill out on that card, and then when the uh, ushers come around, you can drop it in the basket. But here are my next step suggestions, and you may have others. There, there may be other things that have come to mind. But first one, memorize 1 John 3.16. I didn't mention this in the message, but this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. That's one thing you could do. Another is ask God every day this week for the help I need to love those around me. Just ask him. I mean, if, if you're like me, it's a struggle. I mean, it's not, it's, this is not natural to love with an agape kind of love. So ask God every day this week when you get up, as you begin to pray, as you begin your day, God, help me. Would you help me have what I need to love the people around me? And then a, another step could be to show real love to, and you can fill in the blank or not, you don't need to write a person's name, but 
this week in my words and actions, maybe you're struggling in a relationship. You're having a tough time really loving someone. But this week you're going to commit to, I'm going to, I'm going to say encouraging, loving things, or I'm going to say what needs to be said, or I'm going to do what's best for the person, regardless of how I feel, whether or not I want to do that. But I'm, I'm willing to do that. And then a, a final step could be for the first time, I'm deciding to accept Jesus as my Savior and follow him as my Lord. Maybe you, you have held back because you wonder how God is going to take you from where you're at to the next, to the next step and the next step and the next step. What he's going to do is he's going to love you. There's a passage in 1 John that says, Perfect love drives out fear. God loves us with a perfect love. He loves us perfectly. And so that's, that's the thing that, that drives out fear, is knowing that God is going to love me with this kind of love because I'm incredibly valuable to him. As I give myself to follow him, that's what he's going to do. If you're not quite ready, uh, ask God. If you're not ready to make that decision yet, ask God to show you that he's real. Ask him to show you that his love is real. And, and, and ask him to, to give you a taste of that. If you're a first-time guest with us today, again, we're really glad you're here. And we have uh, some gifts for you. On the, as you go out those double doors to the left, there's a table with a book called The Case for Christ and um, some movie tickets, just since it's a movie theme. If you're a first-time guest, we'd love to have you stop by and, and pick those up on the way out of the ballroom. Let's pray. Would, would you pray with me as the band comes forward? Father, we... We thank you for the truth that we see in your word and for the guidance it gives, God, for the way it turns us from our own way and our own direction to uh, your way and your direction for our lives. Thank you for the help that you give. And I, I, I just ask that you would um, help us to experience your love and connect with you, and rely on you to love others with that same kind of love. God, we need your help in this, and we ask for it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.